Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tech Bytes, the ServiceNow podcast giving you information and tips for maximizing your ServiceNow instances. I'm your host, Suzanne Smith. Happy to be here with you today. Today, we are going to talk about field service management. This is a long time and very useful and exciting ServiceNow application within our suite. And our guest today to help talk about field service management is Sean Barrett. Sean is a senior solutions consultant here at ServiceNow. He's been with ServiceNow since July of 2010. So this is a grizzled veteran on the team. Welcome, Sean. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your travels here at ServiceNow? Sure. Yeah. Um, so like you mentioned, I've been uh, with the company since July 2010, held a couple different roles, um, been in the solution consulting world for about three and a half years or going on three and a half years now. And uh, don't don't plan on cutting that short anytime soon. And what exactly do solution consultants do at ServiceNow? Um, we we try to support the the sale um, from a pre-sales perspective, um, from a technical perspective as well. So we go in with the account executives. We try to um, portray the the technology. We do demonstrations. We work on proof of values and those types of activities to help customers uh, be successful. And solution consultants do a lot of work at our knowledge conference every year too, right? Yes, we do. A lot of presentations, <laughs> a lot of Absolutely. talking. Yeah, yep. the solution consultants are out in force at Knowledge. Well, today's topic is going to be field service management. I know you've done a lot of work in this area. Uh, can you tell customers a little explanation of what field service management is and <clears throat> a little bit about its history and some of its different names? and Sure. Yeah. Iterations here? Yeah, absolutely. So so field services um, has actually been in the platform for a number of years now. It's taken a couple different names. Um, I think it originally started field services, then it turned into work management, and then now it's back to field services. Um, but the, the good news is when it kind of transitioned back to its original name, it came with a ton of new functionality, um, specifically within the last couple of releases. So what field services allows customers to do is manage work on location. So it involves qualifying work and dispatching that work to agents in the field that are based on proximity, so how close they are to the actual issue. It also takes, uh, takes into account things like their, their skill set. What are they um, capable of working on? And also takes into account things like their current schedule or their workload. Um, so not only does it allow customers to track this work, it also allows them to track the demand it allows them to get visibility um, as to how their agents are performing out in the field, uh, the cost of maintenance, the inventory of parts. And there are a few different ways to apply this, this mechanism in ServiceNow. So if we think about it, there's really a few scenarios. Um, there's a business-to-business -business type of scenario where a customer of ServiceNow might have a product that they offer to their customers. And that product could be something like a vending machine or um, a generator. And they might service it as part of their contract or their maintenance with that customer. And whether or not that customer actually owns it, they're still bound to these commitments. So, um, you know, they have to be able to dispatch work out in the field, wherever it may be around the world, really, and uh, manage the, you know, the amount of travel time, the amount of work time, what are the parts that are actually involved with performing that work. Um, so, you know, 
Coca-Cola, for example, has those vending machines that um, you can, you know, they they actually own the machines, but people subscribe to them. So they set them up at various locations and they have issues. They have regular maintenance that needs to be done or, you know, corrective maintenance that needs to be done. So ServiceNow provides that mechanism to capture that work and then dispatch it to the right folks to actually go do the work. Um, another scenario is more business to consumer. So our customers might have, you know, various locations. They might be a global organization where their employees might have issues with their laptops or with other pieces of equipment. And it's not just IT related. It could be uh, enterprise-wide assets. It could be HVAC units, for example. You might have someone call in that's across the, the nation that needs um, help with something, and you might be able to dispatch work to the current you know, uh, agent that is on location or close nearby. And again, dispatch that work to go to go maintain that um, piece of equipment or that asset. And when I want that soda out of that vending machine, I want it to work. So they need to dispatch that person and get that fixed. 100%. (laughs) Absolutely. 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 So there is this is managing a lot of moving parts, not only moving people, the the field service agents moving around, uh, all the inventory that they have with them, extra inventory. It's a lot. It's pulling together a lot of moving parts to track them manage them, report on them. That's exactly right. Yeah, All you of nailed that. It. Okay. We want to talk a little bit about some best practices with field service management. I know that there are probably some things that people can do when they're just starting to use this, when they're just dipping their toe in the waters and kind of entering this field service management world. What can people do as they're starting to get started on the right foot? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so one thing I would talk about up front and center is is just that uh, field services is largely um, based on accurate location information. So it's important to understand, you know, that your agents are going to be tracked based on their location. In fact, there's a geolocation plugin that can be turned on if you want to do a more automated fashion of tracking. And this is all through their mobile devices, and this right? Can, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I plan on talking about that a little bit. But um, even from just the, the, you know, where's the location of the actual equipment, the assets that are that are potentially affected, or the people that are actually calling in these issues, it's important to understand where they're at, all the way down down to the uh, you know latitude and longitude type of attributes, um, because. One thing that field service provides is a mapping functionality that shows you graphically specifically where these agents are or where the the issues are at. And they depend on these types of um, attributes to be accurate in the system. Do people also need to set up field service agent groups are groups part of that? Yeah, great question. So absolutely. So there's a couple different types of groups um, that we consider in field services. There's the idea of a dispatch group. These are people that cover maybe work groups that are out in the field, and they might cover them by location. So you might have a Southern California dispatch group that is man- that is responsible for you know 10 people that work in the Southern California market only. And then you have the actual work groups. So these are the people that are covered by these dispatch groups. And those people might be um, you know, grouped by skill set, for example, or by just by location. But it's just important that when you're setting up the system that you have, again, these covered locations also accurate because a dispatch person is going to log into the system. They're going to see a map of all their agents. Where's that map going to end up? It needs to end up in the locale that they cover. So it's important that you that you define that in the system. So you mentioned two roles, that's dispatchers and then field service agents. Are there other roles involved in this? There absolutely could be. Um, so the, the system is extremely configurable, as a lot of our customers understand. Um, 
for complex field service type of organizations or organizations that have that built out well, there could be an additional step that we call qualifying, which is um, where you could have a group that uh, I guess they would be called a, a qualifier group. And these are folks that really just take the initial work order or the demand and they analyze it to make sure they've got all the information that's required to be able to actually dispatch that work. Um, that might include taking certain parts, for example, that are in inventory and making sure that they allocate them to, you know, the dispatch group or potentially even the agent that is going to go out and do that work so that when they pick up their truck in the morning and they go out to do that work, they've got those parts on their person. So then setting up field service management, you want to consider locations, setting up the groups, and then setting up these roles, depending on if you have, if you're starting small and then making it bigger. Maybe you don't need the qualifying role exactly. at first. It's there, but you might not need it at first. Right. But we do have that level as an option. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, the configuration of the of the way field service works in the first place is really, really simple to set up. It's literally just a, a turn on or off for qualifying, for example. That's great. So they can even experiment with it. And yep. then if it's too heavy of a process, you just take it out and you go back 100%. to a dispatch and agent. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Uh, this is a favorite part of the show for me because we love talking about the underdog feature. <laughs> so this is a feature that we know is, is powerful and useful, but that customers may not know about. So do you have some favorite underdog features within field service management that, that you think people don't know about and we can give them a, a yeah. tip? So I, um, so I think it's important to, to first step back and just kind of understand the environment as it pertains to ServiceNow. You might have access to a lot of the sort of the underlying or underpinning components of field services and not even really know it. Um, you know, a couple assumptions can be made that if you're a customer of ServiceNow, you understand how demand can work. We have the ability to, to capture um, requests, for example, but we also have the ability to fulfill those requests. So we have things like task management. If you think about field services, you might have a, a little bit different nomenclature, a little bit different verbiage that's used. Maybe it's not tasks, but it's procedures. We can still leverage procedures using, the, you know, requests and tasks type of fulfillment. Um, we talk about parts and inventory. Well, ServiceNow has a fantastic asset management capability that every customer should be should be investigating. Um, so we have, you know, the ability to define your assets, the models for these assets, the consumables. So these could be parts and replacement parts and things like that. And then there's this whole inventorying piece of ServiceNow. So you can actually manage where these parts are at, which stock room or which warehouse. And if you're using ServiceNow in an advanced um, state for things like procurement or transferring um, uh Parts, you could be, you know, requesting parts from one location and having them transfer to the nearest location to where the issue is actually at. Um, so there's a number of ways that you can leverage that. Also, what's important for customers that are using um, field services is the ability to, to manage documents or procedures and um, manuals, things like that, uh, so that agents have access to this information when they're actually on site doing the work. Well, we have a knowledge base and you can actually manage those knowledge bases. You can sort of segregate the data so that it's only accessible by the agents that are in the field. And again, from their mobile device, they can go access that knowledge material and use it to complete their work. So would you, would you have, I, and I love our stock room abilities. I, I know that even when, within the stock room and inventory control, you can say that one stock room is a warehouse and then you can have a smaller stock room and you can even go down to the level that a field service agent's car trunk 
Absolutely. Is yeah. a stock room. Or their or their pockets. I mean, you know, we just pockets. we just call that a personal stock room, but absolutely, yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And so now without even really knowing that, you're interacting with, you know, inventory, you're decrementing quantities, for example. When you go and pick up a part to go do some work, it's letting that stock room know that now there's one less, you know, part there, but you're also picking up a uh, defective unit at the uh, location of your customer. So now you're going to take that defective unit and put it back in stock so that it can be repurposed and fixed, or maybe it's just, you know, retired and thrown away. But either way, now we're interacting with our inventory and our asset management piece and service now. Without and even... you're controlling it from pocket to car trunk to Absolutely. subsidiary warehouse to big warehouse. Yep. And you know where the pieces and parts are. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really critical. Yep, absolutely. And and another, you know, since we're talking about th- this whole notion of, of maintaining these assets, again, not specific to IT, but really enterprise-wide assets. Um, there's also, uh, as of the Fuji release, which is the current release that we're on, this, this notion of plan maintenance. So that's the ability to actually set up, you know, uh, programmatic intervals for work to be done. And what the system will do is based on a schedule that you define, it'll actually dish out the work for you. You can leverage things like auto dispatching and field services to automatically decide based on where we know these these agents are at and what their skill set is and what their current workload is, who should we automatically assign these tasks out to uh, during this process. And so plan maintenance is also a very complimentary type of function that a lot of customers just don't know that they have access to today. And plan maintenance can be anything from upgrading an operating system on a laptop to inspecting an HVAC unit Absolutely. to our vending machine exactly. that we want to work, any of that that's on a regular schedule every two months, three months, six yeah, months. Yeah, you got it. I mean, a, a perfect example to compare it to is you buy a new car, you're going to get a manual with that car and it's going to recommend that every 5,000 miles you go do an oil change or if you're like me, you do it every 10 or 15,000 miles. <laughs> But it recommends certain things at certain times, and that's plan maintenance. All right, so you can take that same concept, apply it to your assets that you're managing in service now, and now you have a programmatic way to make sure that that work is getting out. There's due dates, so you can make sure that the work is actually being done. And then other things that are just inherent to the platform like SLAs, right? So we want to be able to track how much time is it taking to be able to do this work? Are we meeting our commitments for example, and that can that can tie in, you know, from from the start, from plan maintenance or from just corrective type of maintenance that you're doing on these assets. And I like that you mentioned the knowledge base as well. I hadn't thought about that, but it makes sense if you have the agents out in the field, they're doing these various procedures. They're probably doing a lot of different procedures. They may have some that they don't do often, but if they've got that knowledge, if they can pull up the knowledge base on their phone they can get their instructions for what they need to do. Exactly. And they don't have to call someone else. They just pull the knowledge base up on the phone and say, oh yeah, it's these five steps. That's exactly right. Yep. I didn't even know that. (laughs) Thanks, John. That's great. (laughs) Connections between field service management and the knowledge base, both. So that's some really good underdog features and ways that people can use field service management with some of these other capabilities to sort of create a world where everything ties together and it's based on the on the CMDB. Are there any other plugins or apps from that world that you want to touch on? I know plan maintenance was a big one. Uh, how about vendor management? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, another way that we see customers, I mean, even today, if you're using, for example, incident management, you might have a vendor 
that's hooked into ServiceNow that you give them access to, or maybe there's an integration to their system. But there might be a need to assign tickets, incidents, work orders, whatever they may be, out to that vendor. And so now we can start to measure those types of commitments that the vendors have with us to complete that work, um, you know, again, based on their contract with us. And so the same thing applies when we're talking about field services. You might have work that you need to dish out to specific vendors, and now you can measure which vendors are tracking or performing best for you. And you can start to do things like head to head comparisons. So we have a, a full vendor man management performance capability that a lot of customers can take advantage of as well. You can reward the people doing good work and sure. track the people that might not be meeting expectations. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And coming soon, you know, something in, in Geneva that I think is worth mentioning here is we're going to have, and this is more directed towards uh, more of that business to business type of environment. But you're going to have a customer service management application that has a direct tie-in. Field services is just going to be part of that application. And this is where those customers that you might provide services to on-site, um, you might want to be able to track their cases by category and type and things like that. So you, it's got this whole case management um, piece to it, but also uh, being able to understand what entitlements they have. So what are your commitments? What do you owe them when you go and um, fulfill these types of service uh, request. So there's going to be, it's it's a major enhancement um, and, and a brand new application that's coming into Geneva. And that's called customer service. Right. Oh, so now we're getting good Geneva information. You heard it here first. <laughs> yep. Well, maybe some, maybe it got talked about at the knowledge conference. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little yeah, bit. Might've been oh, introduced a little might've bit. Might've been introduced <laughs> a little bit, but you're hearing about it here. Um, I want to go back a little bit. I think one of the most exciting pieces of field service management is the geolocation. 100%. Yeah. And in fact, it's- And you did touch on it earlier, but I wanted you to elaborate a little bit more on that because it's so powerful and it's really extraordinary how we tie in with Google and, and how that works. Yeah. Great. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So field services, again, largely uh, depends on accurate location information. One of the ways that one of the things, mechanisms we provide to help um, improve that is the ability to, to automatically track location using geolocation. Now, a quick caveat, you do need, A, there's a plugin that you got to turn on for geolocation. B, you, there's an attribute on the user profile that you need to make sure is checked that just says, hey, I want to track this agent or this person. And C, you need to have an, uh, a license for the Google Maps um, API for, Google, for, for uh, geolocation. It gives you a little bit of extra functionality. It's not just tracking where they're currently at, but it actually allows those agents to leverage things like auto routing. So now they can go in and say, okay, well, what's the best route I should take for these five things that I need to do today? And it'll give them some sort of suggestion on you know, how, to, how, to, how to plan their trip. And ultimately. it'll probably make adjustments throughout the day. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, also on that topic, we have to talk about mobility because- Part of, you know, obviously tracking where the agents are at, it's going to be dependent on their, you know, their mobile devices, whether it's a cell phone, whether it's a tablet. ServiceNow works great on both of those. You need to activate the mobile device for field services. It's it's just another plugin. So upon, you know, getting field services, you got to make sure you turn that on as well. And um, another question that I, I typically hear a lot when I'm talking to customers is, you know, when we're when we're leveraging our mobile devices to complete work, what if we're doing work in, in some remote area that maybe we don't have service? How is it actually updating service now? And uh, I was going to ask yep. you that. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Uh, well, currently today, so in the platform, there's there's no offline mode um, for service now. We are a cloud-based solution, 
Um, however, we have some some mobile device partners, technology partners that provide a service where you can actually do offline work in ServiceNow, and upon reconnecting to some sort of network, it'll go and actually update the records. So I know that that's something really important, and we have a number of um, mobile technology partners that provide that type of service. And we've done a lot of work recently on the mobile interface for ServiceNow. And that's so, exactly right. And that's improved the experience, I think, over time of yep. using something like field service management on your mobile device. That's right. It's yep. gotten better, and it's gotten more robust. Yep. And... Yeah, yeah I, I I agree 100%. I mean, in um, from from the Dublin to the Eureka release, there's a pretty major overhaul cosmetically on the on the mobile device, um, and a lot more usable. And it's going to get even further enhanced in the next release. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I want to ask uh, a little bit more about the upcoming Geneva release because it is coming soon. And you mentioned earlier, customer service is the big new tie-in that's going to, well, that's going to come out and that's going to be related to FSM. Uh, can you elaborate just a little bit more on what we're going to see with this new customer service application in Geneva? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at a high level, we have customers that, you know, again, um, more directed towards business to business, but, you know, they, they might have major call centers, for example, that are uh, located in various areas around the world, uh, managing this demand, like I mentioned earlier, of issues that are coming in with their products that they support. So they've got, you know, this contract with their customer, you know, I'll use the vending machine as my example, where they need to go out and service it, you know, if there's an issue, well, the call center needs to be able to capture those um, issues. So we call them cases. So they'll be able to track these cases, categorize them, they'll be able to um, get visibility into the entitlements that that customer might actually have. And then with a simple right click, they can generate a work order. And now that interacts with field services because now we're saying, okay, based on this issue, go look at the location of the issue, go find the agent that's, you know, closest by that has the time and maybe the available parts to actually go out and do the work. So that's how the, the customer service piece is going to interact with field services in Geneva. That's probably going to be a big topic at knowledge next year. Absolutely. I have a, I can see, I can see where this is going. I think, I think that be will huge. be very much talked about yep. at the knowledge conference. Well, Sean, I want to thank you very much for being here today, talking sure. about field service management and that whole world. Uh, there are a lot of details in there and a lot of things people can do uh, within service now. So thank you for coming and Thanks telling us me. a little more about that. For more information about field service management and the other applications that we have discussed here today, please view the ServiceNow product documentation or check our knowledge base on high. And also there is the very vibrant and active ServiceNow community. I spotted some conversations in there about field service management, so there are conversations going on in the community. Please join that. And thank you again for listening to this episode of Tech Bytes. 